When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday, April 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer, live and direct from uh, the press box here at Progressive Field. Following the home opener, the Indians lose 3 to nothing uh, to the Kansas City Royals. The bats once again go cold uh, after it looked like maybe, maybe there was a, a flash of hope on Sunday with the, a big inning against Detroit. Maybe that was going to sort of propel these guys better weather than the uh, – the, the opener, the season opener the other day, last Thursday. But again, uh, just everything sort of froze up. And these guys, they, they, they just look like they're pressing and gripping when there's, when there's runners on base and there's a, a chance to, to have a big inning. Uh, they're, they're hitting atom balls. They're, they're hitting into double plays. Uh, they're hitting line drives that hang up and the, the outfielders run them down. Uh, it's just, uh, you can explain away a lot with, you know, just bad luck sometimes but at, at some point you got to just call it what it is and it's just bad offense yeah yeah joe and they look like a team that's you know everything they they can't do anything right they can't they can't get out of their own way right now um you know that um you know they've hit some balls hard the winds the winds blown straight in you know at the start of the game and knocked some balls down uh in the ninth inning you know they've got a chance maybe to make it three two Eddie Rosario sends a ball down the first baseline with two on, nobody out. And uh, Carlos Santana makes a great play <laughs> at, at first base, uh, then uh, throws to second, starts, you know, 3-6-1 double play. Jesse Hahn gets his rear end off the mound and comes over and, and you, know, you know, makes the uh, final out. And, and how just gutting ha- is it to the Indians to see Carlos Santana make that play? We've seen him make plays like that. He has a strong arm for a first baseman. As a that throw, that particular throw that he made, is a, a specialty of his. You know, he came up as a catcher. He came and then he moved to third base. He played all over the field, but really that arm as a first baseman is a real weapon for him. And and in this in this instance, it wound up hurting the Indians big time. Yeah, he loves his arm. He loves to show it <laughs> off, and he makes that play great. That three three six uh, throw. You know, the from. Uh, from first to uh, short, to short, and then comes back and you know get that three six three or three six one double play. You know he specializes in that, just like you said, Joe. Well, and it was uh, kind of an emotional day. You've got the the nice ovation for Santana when he comes up to the plate the first time. Uh, I think in the introductions, the the pregame introductions, 
Uh, he sort of wrestled uh, yeah, Tito yeah, and uh, yeah. put, put him in a headlock, and then he tried taking a swipe at his uh, his, his medical boot. I'm like, you know, the guy's 61 years old. You're out there. I, I get giving him a hard time and all that, but but seriously, you could have hurt him out there. Yeah, but, I think you know, Carlos wanted to kiss him on the head. Isn't that what he usually did last well, I year? I think that's what Tito was going for. He yeah, had him in yeah. the headlock, but uh, nice ovation for the crowd. And then and then he did pretty much what Tito or you know said pregame and he, what he wants him to do. Is hit three ground balls at guys. You know, don't uh, don't go out there and kill them like uh, like the like Carlos had done to the Royals for so many years. Right, and uh, you know it's um, it. I mean, Carlos, you know, gets him with the glove in the end. You know, hurts mm-hmm. him with the glove in the end. Um, but you know, just uh, Joe, this is you know, I, I kind of like the the way Logan Allen and, and Tristan McKenzie pitched. Yeah, McKenzie came out of the bullpen. You know, he was really aggressive, a lot more aggressive than we saw him in spring training. Uh, you know, he walked, he struck out five, still walked four guys, but you know, he, he wasn't messing around. It wasn't look like he didn't look like he was feeling for stuff. He, he looked like, uh, you know, okay, here it is. I'm going to throw it over the plate and see what you do with well, it. Well, and, and Logan Allen said in his post game, he said after, at, after a point, he wasn't trying to throw pitches that started off strikes and went to balls because he was giving them too much credit for being giving the Royals hitters too much credit for being aggressive. You know, he intentionally was throwing balls that started off on the plate, ended up off the plate because he figured if they're aggressive, you know, they'll get themselves out that way. Well, he made an adjustment. And after he saw them make that adjustment, maybe the second, third inning from there, he took off. He got more strikeouts. He got, you know, through the the at-bats faster because he just said to himself, hey, my stuff is good enough to get these guys out. No matter where I put it, I'm going to go right at him. And that's what he did. Uh, you saw that maybe the, the second half of his outing. Uh, had he done that maybe earlier, it might have been a scoreless outing. But uh, it was, he, was, he, he made one mistake pitch to, to Whit Merrifield, a 3-0 fastball that he put right over the middle of the plate. You don't throw a 3-0 fastball to Whit Merrifield. He's proven in the past that he will kill the Indians if you do that. Yeah, and uh, you know that's a pitch where you probably, you know, you've got a left-hander coming on to, uh, up, uh, Andrew Benintendi uh, behind uh, Merrifield. So if you walk him, you walk him. You know, so don't give him, you know, a, a hit me fastball. You know, you know, give him a fastball, but make sure it's out of the zone or somewhere where he can't hit it. And then, uh, you know, walk him, and don't, you know, I think guys are afraid of walks sometimes. It, it, it was a young, young pitcher's. Uh, you know, learning, learning, uh, a learning uh, experience. That's what, uh, you know, Alan said that, you know, so, okay. So if he walks him there, then you've got Ben attending, you got two out, two on, maybe you get out of that inning. Instead right. it's two nothing and you never catch up. Right. Uh, James Karinchak did make an appearance uh, in mop-up duty uh, at the end, a couple of runners on uh, Tito called on him to, to get out of a jam and, and he came through. Yeah, strike out and uh, okay, let's go home. And uh, you know, the, 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 there hasn't been any problem with the pitching, Joe. I mean, Not at all. I mean, these four games they pitched very well. They've had, you know, uh, Allen only went what five innings, but the first three were all quality starts. Mm-hmm. You know, Beaver, Plesac, uh, and Savali. Savali was really good Sunday, and uh, you know, Allen, you know, with a little offense, could have gone maybe six and 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 get the, and gets the win, but. It's hard to pitch when you're down 2-0 and you're not scoring, you know? Right. Is it a lineup problem or is it the guys in the lineup? It, it, it's, it, you know, Francona, again, had Ahmed Rosario in there. 
uh, at shortstop. Uh, at, at one point, Ahmed Rosario had the only hit of the game for the Indians. Yeah. Uh, so, it, but it was also his, uh, not, not necessarily error, but his misplay, not, not even a misplay. Uh, it was a, a, a bouncing ball on the other side of the bag that he wasn't able to field and throw out Nicky Lopez in the second that led to Merrifield's home run. Uh, so, so obviously, you know, having him in there cost you one way or another, but as far as the offense goes, he, he's one of the only guys hitting the ball. Yeah. He swings, he's swinging the bat. Well, he's, you know, he, he's, he's got some speed on the bases. He hasn't driven the ball. I think he's, he's hit all singles, whatever his hits are, but he's getting on base. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we saw him use Rosario, Ahmed Rosario, um, uh, Sunday against, against the Detroit's lefty. You know, they're, they're uh, Kansas City starter, Dan Duffy, another lefty uh, today. So I think maybe maybe we're seeing the, the beginning of a shortstop platoon. I, I'm not sure what I, you think. I don't think so. I, I think Tito actually addressed that, and, and he said, you know, you're not going to see a platoon here. This is not a platoon situation. This is a uh, – this is – you're going to see Andre Jimenez. He's already said he's going to play Wednesday. So that's, that's taken care of. Uh, but he's going to play more than – you know, then he's not going to play. It's not going to be split evenly. You'll see him play against lefties. I thought he, he pitched opening day. He played opening day against a, yeah. a lefty. So, you know, I, I don't think Tito's too scared to put him in there. Uh, you see Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor hit a ball uh, on the nose that, yeah. that you know, could have it, had it dropped, would have been a big hit. Uh, again, there were just so many of those atom balls and so many of those, you know, could have been's and should have been's and would have been's. Eddie Rosario's uh, ball in the in the ninth inning, man. If that, like Tito said, if that bounces through, you know they're in business and they're in, in a really good situation. But uh, wasn't the case, wasn't to be. And, and uh, Danny Duffy, the Kansas City lefty. I mean, he was historically he, bad against the Indians in his career. Bad. The last two times he's faced he, him, he's, he's been Cy Young. Yeah, I mean, six scoreless, uh, two two hits. Nobody. They don't get a guy to third base until the ninth inning. Amazing. And. Uh, you know, Duffy is like five and twelve against these guys. At one point in his career, he lost eight straight starts against them, and now I think he's won two or three straight. Yeah. So, uh, but two guys, two guys that have faced the Indians in, in a week's time, Matthew Boyd and uh, and Danny Duffy, they've they've historically just eaten them up, but uh, this time around, not the case. Uh, so yeah, bad offense, <laughs> bad. We we do ten podcasts on bad offense. <laughs> There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank 
Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Uh, I want to shift gears, though, to, uh, you know, just the feeling of opening day. This was this was a different opening day for sure. You know, you've covered a lot of them, but this is the first time the fans were back. It, the, the you know, the, the whistle goes off and the gates open up. And, and the first thing over the loudspeaker was welcome back fans. You know, these these guys are, are pouring into the ballpark and it was neat to see everybody spaced out and, and, and doing their thing that way. But you know, just to have fans back in the stands made it so different from last year and so much different from the feelings that, that, that we had of those, those empty echoey ballparks uh, last season. Uh, just, just great to see. Yeah, that was really nice. It was almost 9,000 fans here. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a, it was not a COVID induced sellout. Huh? They didn't announce it like that. I mean, I think capacity is probably it, 10 to 11,000, something like that, a little over 10. And this was like 8,900 yeah. or something. But it looked great to see people at mm-hmm. the ballpark, you know, and, and the way they were spread out, it looked like a much bigger crowd to me, at least. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing, at least with this, where they're not selling lower bowl only first, they had everybody in the, the upper stands all the way around. There were people in every section of the ballpark, yeah. which, which makes for a different feeling for sure. Uh, there were pregame ceremonies on the field. They, they gave uh, Jose Ramirez his silver slugger. They gave uh, Roberto Perez and Cesar Hernandez their gold gloves. And Shane Bieber got the biggest ovation for his, uh, his Cy Young Award. Yeah, you know, those, those are such cool awards. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to have a gold glove. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I was a terrible fielder. I, but those things, those things are so cool. Just to look at, I'd love to hang one on the wall, you know, if I was a That's, big league player. I mean, that that would that would be great. I'd like a guy like Omar. Do you think Omar still has, Omar Vizquel still has his 11 gold gloves? Did, did he give a couple away? Did he lose one or two? How do you lose a gold glove? <laughs> I, I thought, Omar, I, you know what, if Omar, if, if, if we know anything about Omar, he's probably got his gold gloves in an old Wonder Bread bag, uh, you know, locked up uh, in his house. That's, uh, that's where he kept his his, his real gloves. I, I don't know, man. I 11 gold gloves. I would think you would have to build some sort of shrine. In yeah. House. You'd have to have them. You have to, to the there's, wall. there's something. Uh, those are, those are special. Uh, but yeah. I, and you know, they made, they gave Jose Ramirez the, the silver slugger first. That, that was the first award that they, they handed out. Tito actually was at a table and handed him out. And that's like the biggest, most awkward. Yeah, of the awards. That, that was really cool. And, and, and then they made Jose Ramirez stand there on the on the <laughs> sideline and hold it while the other three guys yeah, got the yeah. awards. And they they did like a, a video montage for each one. If I'm Jose Ramirez, I'm kind of kind of upset. He's like, hey, I want to put this down for a minute. The thing was almost as big as Jose. Yeah, I think it's almost as tall as Jose. Over his head. So very interesting. Uh, also part of the uh, the the in-game ceremonies, the pregame ceremonies. Uh, they honored Joe Tate, who at one time was a Cleveland Indians broadcaster. He's a Hall of Famer. 
uh, he passed away. And, uh, you know, that was a, a fitting tribute to before you open the season to uh, a guy who, who called so many memorable moments for the, uh, the ball club uh, that, you, you know, you honor and recognize him as well. Oh, yeah, that was great. You know, you always remember Joe, you know, of course, calling the Cavs, but, you know, he called Lenny Barker's perfect game. That's that's etched in my memory. His his call and Herbie Storr, I think, was was in there. So, I mean, well, that was TV. That was TV. But, right. But Joe was on the radio. But that was but his, you know, that that, that was just uh, that was cool. And you know, what Joe died, I think, in March. So. Right. And uh, they also had a, a tribute and a moment of silence for uh, Michael Stanley, a longtime Indians fan who, who also passed away. They played My Town, uh, which, you know, his signature. I think we should we should petition the, the team to make it after the end of the first inning, uh, you know, between uh, at bats. I think they should play My Town every every game that that should be it. And you should you should throw a Michael Stanley tribute up there. Uh, you know, sort of like the NASCAR guys do with uh, Dale Earnhardt and all that. You know, yeah. after the first inning, my town should be played. Well, they uh, play at the end of every game or every win, like uh, they play on, on the wins. Yeah, there's there's a there's a, a whole soundtrack that they they play after games after wins. So, but I, I think that should be a uh, win or lose. That should be a, a something they do every game. Uh, also, uh, you know, absent, notably absent from today's game, today's home opener. Uh, John Adams, he, he missed uh, his first home opener in almost 50 years. Uh, but Patrick Carney from the Black Keys was out in left field in uh, in John's spot. You know, uh, a new drum, new flashy yeah. looking drum, a silver. John John Adams isn't letting his drum out of, out no, of, that out of the house, classic. I don't think. <laughs> that thing's probably had, you know, in, in, in that many years, it's how many drum heads do you think have been stretched over that old drum oh my god yeah that thing is amazing that it's still one piece but yeah patrick carney out there from the black keys doing interviews uh banging on the drum he was there with some of his family members got to be a big honor for him uh you know to to sort of carry on that legacy and you know just be very recognizable as a as a an indians fan that's so cool and you know you could tell he was a tribe fan like he he kind of volunteered, didn't he? Didn't he write right. the Indians? Right, said, as soon as he found <laughs> yeah, out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he put himself on the line there, so those are big shoes to fill. Right. All right, well, uh, we look ahead. We have an off day on Tuesday, and then Wednesday we're back at it here, uh, an afternoon game. Shane Bieber taking on uh, the Royals, and, and really, this is a Royals lineup that got beefed up in the offseason, and, and really, you know, they, they added Andrew Benatendi, uh, Sal, Sal Perez is back. He's, you know, he's always a threat. Adding Carlos Santana, uh, how do they stack up against Shane Bieber? You know, they're, they're a very, they're, they're a very patient club as we, you know, the, I think um, they'll, they'll be patient with, with Bieber. That's their, their plan of attack. At least that was, that's how they approached them last year. You know, they, they, they don't swing at that breaking ball down and out of the strike zone. They really make him work, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they use that same strategy. Because Beaver, you know what, had coming off really an impressive start in, in a snowstorm mm -hmm. in, in Detroit last Thursday in the season opener, oh. 12 strikeouts, six innings. I think he gave up three runs. So, you know, he, he looks like he's, he's you know, in, in really in, in good shape and in a good place. And uh, Kansas City has scored, you know, what they scored like a bunch of runs in Texas against mm -hmm. Texas to open the season, and they'll they have their best they have their best starter going 
Um, can't see. <laughs> Keller? Yeah, yeah, Brad Keller. Brad Keller. Had yeah. Brad Keller going in, but he got, he didn't even make it out of the first inning in his first start. So that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Well, yeah, you know, last year, Bieber faced uh, Kansas City here at Progressive Field and struck out 14 in the, in the, the first outing of the, the year. So it uh, should be interesting. Uh, his second start, uh, like you said, a lot of success. Uh, you know, it, the key, I think, will be to see if Bieber can get deeper into the game. Can Bieber go, you know, six-plus innings and, and, and be effective? And, and really, he better not give up any runs because the way things yeah. are going for this Indians team, uh, the, the offense is, is suspect at best. All right, uh, Hoisey, we'll, uh, we'll be both be back here again on Wednesday to, to bring it all to you here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.